Hey, what's up? So, Avalanche. Let's talk about it. What's, what's an avalanche? The snow comes down real fast, fierce, gains momentum. But I'm not talking about the natural disaster. Or if it's not really a disaster, I guess, if no one's around. But anyways, avalanche. What is it? You've heard about it. Now you're going to hear some more. It's an open source platform for launching decentralized finance applications, right? DeFi. That's what you want. Developers who build on Avalanche can easily create powerful, reliable, secure applications and custom blockchain networks with complex rule sets or build an existing private or public subnet. Right. I think what you should do right now is stop what you're doing. Even if it's listening to this podcast, stop, pull over, go to the gas station if you need to go to a subway. There's a subway like everywhere. There's always a subway. All right. Right, there's always a Kroger. Just stop in a parking lot somewhere. Go to avalabs.org to learn more. All right, stop. Go to avalabs. That's A-V-A labs, L-A-B-S dot org. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's a Bitcoin Podcast. Bitcoin podcast. Um, this is your favorite cryptocurrency podcast. Uh, I know it is. I also know you listen to multiple podcasts because I recently read an article about it. You should stop listening to those other ones and only listen to ours. Anyways, most I'm the host that talks first. What'd you say? What'd you say? I said most definitely. Yes, that is what we are are asking of you. I'm the host that talks first, D. I am the other host, Dr. Corey Petty. D sounds a little strange, not so clear and crystal because he's talking on his phone because his computer took a shit. So forgive that. You can still hear him. Keep listening. And I'm the last host who just laughs at the other two because they're funny. (laughs) (laughs) We're not funny. We're serious. Yeah. Super serial. Super serial. I appreciate you undermining how serious I take this shit, Jesse. <laughs> how was so let's talk about. Nope, nope, nope. How was your week? <laughs> he doesn't even get to say his name, Corey. He said his name. Did he? Who's we? No, he did. Corey. No, he didn't. He said, Wait, I'm no. the last host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like this pseudo- pseudonymity, right? I don't know. No, I'm Jesse. His name is Jesse the man broke, all right? <laughs> He's the fucking man. That's all you guys need to know. So, what's up, y'all? How y'all, how y'all been? I am getting used to trying to work 
more casually. If that makes sense. <laughs> what? That's yeah. So like, I took I I took that break a couple of weeks back for two weeks, right? Where I just sat on the couch and veg. Uh, and, and part of that was an effort to like meditate on. Like I, before I took that, I was at a point of like, instead of like burning the candle at both ends, I had thrown the candle in the fire. Like I was working way too much. And, a, and all of that work was what I would consider shallow work, meaning that I wasn't, it wasn't thought provoking. Um, like it, it's kind of just automated and it didn't feel very rewarding to me, but I was busy all the time and I was doing a bunch of stuff. And so during that break, I was trying to think of how do I come back to work? where I spend more time doing things that are valuable to me. And in the process of that, it's been interesting to try and reassess, like blocking off certain sections of my day where I don't talk to people and I focus on one task and get something done. And it's been nice. I feel better so far. I don't feel, I'm tired right now because I just didn't sleep last night, but I feel much better about work, which is nice. Did you read a book? To like put you on that path. I read, I read four books. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been thinking about this for a while, right? Like I, like my whole life has been mainly focused on a sole responsibility of doing very difficult, like complex work and nothing else. Uh, okay. And then I started doing mm. the podcast and going into the corporate world and so on and so forth. And that slowly shifted into not that. <laughs> yeah. I'm an unautomatable decision machine, which is the majority of what like corporate executives do. Uh, but mm. like, they don't get they don't, they don't get to do they don't get to do like what I would consider meaningful work. It's it's, it's, it's shallow. Yeah, that's why it's called that's why I call it shallow work. Yeah, Dancing I think the emails, last uh, shit like that. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> the last time I uh, was putting in too much shallow work i got dumped i got dumped by my ex so you weren't going deep man you know, i wasn't going deep enough <laughs> sorry sorry i couldn't keep straight face i wasn't uh oh boy i'm sorry Corey. Just i'm sorry i'm gonna cut that off before you get too far into it <laughs> i'm sorry that i just derailed your spiritual journey no that's fine um uh, uh <laughs> anyway don't want to talk about some Sorry. crypto? Yeah, man, we should talk yeah, about true. crypto. We no, never talk about enough crypto. about me and nothing about you guys. You guys <laughs> want to talk about crypto? Yeah, no, we're not. There's nothing going on with us. Nothing. It's still the same. <laughs> Jesse just studies every waking hour of the night and then wakes Dude. up at 5 p.m. It's true. It's uh, Jesse studies and I work slash put in work. That's all I do. Those are the two things. So, um, Let's get to crypto, man. Crypto's been uh, on fucking fire. Like NBA jam, dude. It's, uh, I mean, well, price-wise, you know, obviously. I mentioned something in the Slack, which, by the way, if you're not in the Slack, you're a fucking loser. But um, I mentioned that, like, the AQR for crypto is going up pretty starkly on my end. And for those of you unfamiliar, AQR means anti-question ratio. Uh and my aunties are asking me all kinds oh, of questions right. about crypto. <laughs> I even got a link today from a new crypto called Q999, which is guaranteeing 999% increase uh, for your money. And I was like, oh, good old crypto. It's back, baby. 
Yeah. Okay. Here's here's the weird part about that. So like I get that right. Like people are like, hey, is this this real? And you're like, no, this is not real. It's stupid. You be- like don't believe it. And then like go in the DeFi channel in Slack, and then read what actually <laughs> is happening. And you're like, all right, this is kind of absurd. Like the the returns that are coming in on some of these projects that people are talking about in the DeFi channel in Slack. And they're just like they're just like what what what's going on? <laughs> like I don't. I, a part of me wants to become a degenerate and like fall into this space, and the other part of me wants to kill that person. <laughs> mm. What what if I told you they can coexist, Corey? <laughs> in a world. How? How though? I don't have time for that. You sprinkle some money into the degen projects, and then you just kill that self. You forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in a coma, and when he wakes up, you see what happens. Exactly. Complete disassociation. Is that what you mean? Like just complete. Just throw like, some money at DeFi. I like how I mentioned that. Deep. I mentioned that in the channel, and then everyone was like, "No, you can't join us." <laughs> Do not. You can't be a degenerate. I'm sorry. You're pure. No, Corey, you can't join us. You're too pure. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, um, yeah, Q nine 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 is not a real thing. But at the same time, Badger Coin is. So, you know, roll the dice, crypto. <laughs> you know, that's what happens. Um, I have I have a lot more meaningful things to say about that later on. I was mentioning to the, to the guys here uh, and gal, Alicia, uh, right before we started this, that there's like some, some, some thoughts that I'm trying to put together that I've been trying to put together for a long time. It'll probably end up as a book, but you'll get to hear me try and word vomit it out at some point. Uh, about like what these types of networks enable and these DeFi networks and the experiments that are going on in the space are are like sandbox playgrounds for seeing what happens, but it's real money. And it's really interesting to see like people are really like, because it's permissionless in a lot of ways, people are just going to go ham and do whatever they think they're going to do to make money. And then other people don't understand it or do understand it and just throw wild amounts of money at it. But in the end of the day, like just like every other Cambrian explosion, if you use that term, a few things are going to come out of this that are really, really game changing. And I'm curious to see what that looks like. And I, I have some thoughts behind there. why. Yeah. I thought you were going to speculate there about what those things might be. No, not 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 even close. Not even going to try. I'm more so like I'm more. If you're wondering about where I stand on all of this and where I spend my time, I'm thinking about. All of the like fundamental network management infrastructure, how stuffs, how, how all of it's put together, and the overall like grand trend of where this is going and where it can go, and what that may mean for the people who are using it, like on, on a larger scale. Like I don't care about any individual project at all, really. I'm more interested except in like, for the one that you except work for on. the one that you work at. <laughs> yeah, but like our project is trying to enable these things. We're trying to build. Like we do a lot of like our status does a lot of things. I feel like he wanted us to walk in on this. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's all going according to plan. <laughs> oh, but it's 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 a uh, I don't know like it's going to be interesting over the next few years as these like liquidity pools keep getting connected together and the means in which they can be transferred becomes like the barrier of transfer between liquidity pools lowers and lowers and lowers. 
So like you have the ability to take some asset and turn it into any other asset very, very quickly mm -hmm. with a fair market price and automate that shit. Yeah, I was thinking about how, you know, AVAX, right? In terms of an investment is what I was thinking about. It solves some of these problems, right? Hashtag but like, not investment advice. Hashtag not investment advice. But <laughs> it's already being done, right? Like, you know, blockchains that are based on, you know, communication or blockchains that are based on keeping a tally of products coming in and out, blockchains that are based on healthcare, whatever, right? They're, they're all being created independently. And there are projects that are in the works to connect them all. So why, why, why need one project to kind of absorb all the other projects? Like, if they're going to create the intercommunication rails themselves. Mm. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations. Like, right, like I think over the past few years, there's been somewhat of a battle to become, and that those may continue. The battle to become like the background infrastructure that everyone uses. To, yeah. to transfer funds, like to to be quote unquote like the international, like the universal language of money, right? For all the projects that want to do this type of stuff. Yep. And so that way, you have you if you have one one backbone to all of this financial infrastructure, then at, as as you keep building layers and layers and layers and layers on top, no one can see my hands move up and down. Then mm -hmm. uh, at any given point, you can take a it can you can take an asset. And you can move it to any other asset across the entire ecosystem quickly, right? I guess what I'm saying is like the way things naturally develop are not in favor of something that makes sense and is most efficient, you know, right now. Hence, no. hence our current traditional finance and uh, infrastructure. So I feel like AVAX is like, come on in, like everybody Maybe. project who wants to come on in. Maybe. And then it's like. It's hard I to don't say. know if they want to come in what, on on that. What they have is really good scalable consensus. I agree. And, mo and modularized blockchains, which is required. So, like the the main issue that we that we that every big blockchain has faced so far is scalability. And mm -hmm. the, and and the, and more often than not, the solutions that get come that people come up with to fix that stuff makes things incredibly complex. Are so what now? I was saying, what I was saying earlier, like before my dogs interrupted me, uh, the solutions that people come up with for fixing these scalability issues for blockchains are incredibly complex. And I, I'm, I'm starting to feel, I'm not there yet. I'm starting to feel as though like if your level, if your layer two solution is required for your layer one solution to scale, then it's not layer two. It's all layer one, just mm. a more complex right, version layer of layer one. one. Okay. That's just basic logic. But but Corey, I'm countering the fact that power dynamics don't evolve in a way that makes sense. The best the best tech won't win. No. The not necessarily L one L1 might not be something that's worth being L one in terms of its tech advantages and efficiencies. But the power dynamics that be might hold that to be the case. Give me an example of why when that happened. Coinbase early. using Coinbase using uh, non-blockchain ledger technology for everything, even though they 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 are literally facilitating everything along the blockchain in terms of value trades, right? So do you feel as though? Yeah, but there's always the option, and if that option doesn't exist, then Coinbase wouldn't. But they, I guess I'm I'm, I'm looking at their actions as they are, right? I don't know. 
if they have a roadmap to adopt any particular blockchain technology to maybe give some sort of transparency on like maybe why trades stall sometimes, you know, during high volume times, like, you know, some people still, you know, feel that that's like somebody's pulling a lever there. Well, they have, they have a very complex infrastructure. I'm sure I don't know anything about it, but I know that yeah. it's, it's, I, know, I do know that it's complex. Uh, I don't know, like going basis. This, this is something that like, that like this and other questions that have like people have brought up in Slack. I think, um, some of you have asked me this question and that's the concept of like, it, it, it's, it's very, very complex and we haven't found really good answers or intuition for a lot of this stuff. And the technology keeps evolving, which acts, which makes us think about things we thought we understood in new ways. It makes us question it. So for instance, like people are, people are asking me, is F1 and F2 the same asset, right? That's not a very clear answer for a lot of people. They think F2 is just a new blockchain with a new token. And even though the tokens on F2 are being minted on F2, doesn't necessarily mean it's the same asset. Because it's not, and and I'm trying to find the right framework to describe this concept. But what's happening is a migration from F1 to F2. In the process, you deposit your money, well, you, you put 30, as it currently stands, you put 32F for a single validator, into the deposit contract, beacon chain deposit contract on F1, that money gets burned. It's gone. It then gets minted on the F2 contract. And it, so, and it's it's basically it's not an atomic swap. It's it's like a it's a it's a burn and mint thing. But it's the same asset. And if you think about it from a, from a larger global standpoint, it's the same digital scarcity spread across multiple networks. And if we think about how these things have to scale to a, to a global size, especially in terms of like, there's a, there's a lot of different projects that are currently happening in terms of like, how do we use Bitcoin liquidity in Ethereum? We wrap it. That's, that's the current technology. But it's only being done that way because that's what the technology that currently exists provides. And as these things scale, it's more than likely not all going to be on a single data structure or blockchain but it's Mm -hmm. all going to be thought of as the same digital scarcity and then secure ways of moving it from data structure or blockchain to blockchain. And so you're, you're going to have to get used to the concept of a multi-chain asset. Like there is a digital scarcity that exists. It was, it was created somewhere under some rule set. And then it was allowed to evolve and move and migrate to a bunch of different places where people wanted to use that asset. And then it just exists in those places under various circumstances. Say for like, if you think about if you think about using wrapped BTC on Ethereum, in my opinion, that's the exact same asset because it represents the same digital scarcity. It just has different context on how it can be used. Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. So this idea of being able to think about blockchains as basically interconnected, but you know, using different methodologies. Um, going back to what we were talking about, Avalanche, how is Avalanche not going to be the Apple store of the future where AVAX tokens don't guarantee you governance in order to decide the future of how these projects that are running on their own different VMs interact? Yeah, they can control their own subnet, uh, their own subnets, right? 
and uh, like AVAX doesn't exert any control on the individual projects themselves. But if the way of the future is going to be one project essentially runs a whole bunch of other projects as VMs within them, and in terms of the power structure, you were talking about the power dynamics, like that seems like a lot of power that AVAX, the AVAX team eventually will end up having. And what's the incentive for people to walk into that? Because I, I mean, I, I've seen the way game companies don't want to be uh, to want to be on the Apple Store because Apple restricts the way that, let's say, payment um, goes through, and they want a slice of that payment. Well, maybe they maybe the people who are operating on a VM on AVAX don't agree to um, their token scarcity being incentivized to convert to like a was it like the X chain token? Yeah, so how Avalanche Network grows and what type of power the Avalanche subnet has over all the other subnets is a question that remains to be answered. Mm -hmm. That's Um, what I'm saying. The way they've set it up currently, as I understand it, is um, it's all subnets. It's only subnets. And in in the current chain, they're as far as I know, only one real subnet, and that is the default subnet called the Avalanche subnet, and that is the X, P, and C chain. And that's going to be, in order to be a validator on the network, you, as it currently stands, you have to be a validator on the default subnet. So you have to contribute to the Avalanche subnet in order to do whatever you want to do. Once you're there, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do. And that doesn't mean that the Avalanche token has anything to say about what you do with your subnets. It's just saying, if if you grow, we grow, because you have to be a validator on network and do the thing and, and process our transactions. So it, it, it's adding additional security to the Avalanche network by making your own network. Now the barrier of entry there is you need two thousand Avalanche tokens to be a validator, which is a considerable cost. So at you're increasing the barrier of entry for anyone who wants to do so if they want to build their own thing. That doesn't has, has nothing to do with Avalanche. But they haven't built out a lot of the subnet infrastructure yet because it's a brand new network. So it remains to be seen what decisions they make on how they incentivize people to come in and make open and permissionless subnets and blockchains and do all these things that connect each other that potentially add value to, to Avalanche. And as you put it, the power dynamics that Avalanche has over these things. And they, they have the ability to make those rules. As far as I can tell, I'm not sure. So I'm really curious to see how that grows and what decisions they make that potentially create an ecosystem that's easy to step into and create kind of a modular blockchain, like heterogeneous blockchain economy. And so if that's the case and it works out and make really good decisions and everyone can just jump in and make awesome networks without being encumbered by the decisions of other people, which is what you're talking about. Like as a network, I want to make my own decisions and not, and not have consequences that are based on people outside of my network. And so if Avalanche makes a lot of decisions where they have that power, it may add additional friction to anyone who wants to join. Uh, but there needs to be like, there needs to be a reason for them to join and use it and all that other stuff. So there's a lot of, it's, it's complicated and I don't know how it's going to work, but if they do it and, it's, and it works really well, you may end up with a situation where like you have this thing where you can build out really scalable blockchain networks that all talk to each other in the same language. And then you can have real 
real liquidity across any digital assets that created across these things. And then it becomes much, much, much easier to even comprehend or, or keep track of this concept of a multi-chain asset and where those assets live and the context in which they live. Right. Cause like, I agree think about, you can mm. think about this stuff in terms of like, let's have, let's think about this. Uh, what was I talking to someone this morning? I was talking to someone this morning about this and it's like, a project may grow in a certain area for a certain thing. And they're very successful and they dominate that local market. In the process of that, mm-hmm. they may start to then expand into other markets. And over time, they become this like huge thing that exists everywhere. But in any, any individual location, there may be kind of differences based on the location in which it exists, right? I can't think of a good example of this. I, I, I think you all understand what I'm trying to say, but I want a concrete example. Just like look at Amazon. They started off as a bookstore. They yeah. caught the wave of the 90s dot-com bubble. They made a really shitty storefront in the beginning, but nobody, I don't think they, I don't think they processed much merchandise through that. Maybe, maybe they did. Who knows? But they grew from a bookstore to something else to something else. And then now they're like, they do everything, right? Yeah. They do music, they do media, they do books, they do groceries, they do fucking and they, It's kind of a good example because their bet was that cloud-based digital computing infrastructure is going to be worthwhile. It's going to be useful for the general public. And, mm-hmm. they, and they invested a lot in that process of managing computational infrastructure. And, but it's and, weird because they didn't service. start out they didn't start out like a Libra association. They didn't start out like as like AVAX with the dream of becoming, you know, the one internet that is the communi- base communication layer for everybody because we're so efficient. They literally started off as a bookstore. Yep, a digital bookstore that was drastically different than other bookstores. Yeah. Which is weird. Well, that gets back to like the X the the, the Halo theory. Is there's nothing that somebody can just specifically use this blockchain stuff for that is gonna that catches on? Like, what you're getting at is like the use case argument that we've been juggling around for eight years now, and we really only have one baller ass money, right? Um, there's not really another use case right now. There's nothing right now that I can say, like, I need a blockchain for this, I'm gonna go start one and then do that. In, well, it's not in that. a massively it's, popular yeah, way. Yeah, right. I think that's that's kind of where where I'm thinking is going is that like it's blockchain isn't the thing that you use that's taking mm. over the world. Someone's going to make something that leverages what blockchains enable, and yeah. there needs to be a sufficiently mature ecosystem of of like infrastructure for that thing that takes over to exist. Otherwise, it could never exist. Maybe this is this is what you're trying to like. Maybe I can sum it up. If we throw enough money at it, the power dynamics and the money will eventually birth enough Legos or like some building material that somebody will actually create true value out of whatever is left over as a result of this this chaos. I don't like the idea of throwing money at it being the answer to the solution, but. But that's the way things work, Corey. Yeah, like, but there it, are there power dynamics and there is money. That's a, that's, I, that's a, it's 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 required but not sufficient. 
okay, forget the power or forget the money. It, it's really just it, money is the visualization of power. It's a proxy. Yeah. But there needs to be, so that's the problem. If we just keep doing the same damn thing that we've always been doing, especially when it comes to money, we're going to end up with the same damn society. We're going to rebuild the same damn stuff and nothing's going to change. <laughs> exactly. But that's what's going to happen. No, Corey. it's not. That's what I mean. Like there <laughs> needs to be something else. There needs to be something else. No, and it has there to needs to be something that. else, but that's not, I don't believe that, that that's going to happen. That's, that's, that's not what's going to happen, Jesse. It's just that we're, we were a little bit uh, cart in front of the horse when it comes to crypto. Like paper currency worked great when trade boomed all over the planet at the same time. If you're lugging all this shit around in big ass boats and it's ineffective, all of a sudden you go to China and they're like, yeah, we use this paper shit. And you're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, you don't got to lug that shit all the time. Just lug it once. We'll give you this paper, right? Give you this paper now, lug it one time, and you're good to go, right? This paper equals that stuff. I'm not saying that tech advances won't happen and that conveniences won't improve. What I'm saying is that the same power dynamics of being a human will always be the same. So like crypto is just going to facilitate different players becoming more powerful in the space. Here's my argument to that. Um, like what, I think what you're I saying think is that humans, humans are going to human, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's we haven't saying. evolved. Now, Putting I agree with that. Work. I agree with that. But what I think is not being taken into account here is the overwhelming leverage the technologies we use have on the power dynamic. You think the tech is going to change the way we act as humans? Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, not man, that. It's not that. that. It's not that. It's not it's not changing humans. It's changing what, mm -hmm. what's easy for humans to do. Okay. And and, Speak and more this to this. Is, and this is one of those concepts, like this is why Bitcoin was so revolutionary in the beginning was because it made a fair system based on everyone being greedy, individually greedy. Like right. It, it was, the incentives were so overwhelmingly aligned for the positive by if you, if you acted, if you, it was more economically feasible or more economically viable for you to play by the rules than to try and beat the system. So everyone does that. And it's, it was lucrative to everybody. Like mm -hmm. not everything is a zero sum game. And... And that concept of building a system where the rules slowly emerge to like what we consider a good with everyone acting human is what needs to change. And, the and, and to say technology doesn't influence the way society works is, is, is asinine. Look at the way the internet works. Look at, look at what society has, like look at what social media has done to society and our inability to have conversations or what even what like television did to the concept of discourse. Everyone used to think in terms of books and the concept of like long form arguments that books made and context and nuance. And then television's like, hold on, we got commercials and you've lost the ability to have any type of depth in a conversation. The concept of a debate before yeah. television was long and arduous and and, and thought provoking. Let's think about what can the you, debate looked like this year. And that's all because imagine, of technology. Can you imagine having to have an argue argument with someone via written letter? Like back in the day, like can you imagine telling someone to fuck off in a letter? Like after you've had like <laughs> after you've like transferred eight letters to each other, like no, I really think you're wrong about this, and then you wait and you wait. And you wait some more, and then you get a letter, 
and it's like, oh, this motherfucker. No, he didn't. And then you <laughs> write another letter. <laughs> Sorry. And so That's what I, I could think about. Why yeah. I so what, so what I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to re-clarify what I'm trying to say. So I agree with you that tech influences macro and micro social behaviors. Agree with that hundred percent. What I'm getting at is that the innate drives of humans that manifest itself in the way of, let's say porn, right? Porn, mm-hmm. we, 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 we still get off to looking at bodies into into interacting with other bodies, whether that's old school prostitution, prostitution that's done nowadays, or porn or whatever, right? It's it's just a new medium for the same thing. Or similar things, I'll say. Yeah, but how you create the process of consuming that thing that the human wants to consume, whether it be porn right. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, matters and what i'm trying to what i'm trying to get across is that we've been doing it in a way and i would argue Mm -hmm. that this this way is based on the infrastructure and how like how things are like the dynamics of how things are created in a way that gives very few people overwhelming power across the the rest of the users i see what you're saying right the power dynamics are, are, are are concentrated on the few, which then have a tremendous amount of influence on the many, which is which which leads to the society we have today, and what the, I think the core ideology of this whole thing is is minimizing that is trying to make sure that individuals don't have the power to influence as many people. There's always going to be influence, but it's it's a matter of like trying to minimize that gap, or okay, at so, least so- acknowledging the fact that it exists. So in sociology, they look at the power structure as being a pyramid, right? Where the people at the base layer, those are the people who basically follow the rules made by people at the top. I'm just going to give you that visualization. So what you're trying to say is that um, blockchain or, or whatever, the associated technologies with this space are going to basically take sandpaper to the point at the top of the pyramid to kind of widen it so that there no. are more people. No, no, what I'm trying to say is that we're going to get rid of we're going to get rid of the pyramids of Giza, the, like the pyramid of Giza, and have a bunch of anthills. But that's okay. Well, I guess we'll see, right? Because right now legislation is being passed last minute by the Trump administration to try and put some sort of tax guidance or you know Bitcoin guidance, essentially, right? So we'll see, right? I guess that's my answer to you, but right? Because let me rephrase. That's, in my opinion, that's my goal. That's what I think the goal is of a lot I of hope. ideologists in this space. I, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Or that, yeah. like, I, I, I hope that it will happen. But Me too. I hope too. The powers that <laughs> prevail don't really want that to happen because they have a shitload of power. No, they don't. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so we're on the same page then. Yeah, I just no, I want people happen. to understand. It'll just how do you? Like, it, it's, I worry about that a lot. Because if people don't have the ability to like even understand the conversation we're having or speak to it, like, do, is is the result going to have to be that we make we make these systems, we make them and they work really well, but then we trick people into using them because they can't understand them through greed? You might have like that may be the only way, bro. That's like exactly how all things happen. What do you mean? Fuck that! I don't like that. <laughs> 
I don't like tricking people. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't understand. Like, that's, it, that's it's, exactly it's, how all things happen. It's not. You, you it's, don't trick people. Oh, bullshit. You I think that's their I th behavior into. You want to play this game? It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to get you out of poverty. I you think, don't trick people. That's not what it is. It's bad. Go ahead. Jesse. I, th I yeah. think. Uh, I think this. I, the people who are. I'm going to say smarter, but really, what I mean is like more knowledgeable. They will fall into this earlier than other people, and the other people. The way that scarcity goes is he who comes last loses for the most part, and I feel like. You're not going to really improve everybody. You're not going to. You're not going to take the pyramid of Giza and make it into small ant mounds. You might split up the pyramid of Giza a couple times, but it's still going to look like the pyramid of Giza. Yeah, but it's one of those situations that, like, I don't. I don't I'm really going to like take this analogy too far. Uh, but uh, if all the ants got together and attacked the pyramid <laughs> of Giza, guess who'd win? Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you if you make if you make these systems in such a way where they grow where they grow but, but that's their home Corey. and naturally and so on and so forth yeah then they uh, over time they they have a tremendous amount of power and, and if I, you think I, about I, any type of like innovative like real innovative technology right that yeah that, that yeah that what's the word I'm looking for disrupts current traditional technology it doesn't uh -huh. start out as like Fuck you! I'm taking you over. I'm going to take you down. No, it, it 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 usually grows to a point of not being able to be stopped before the powers that be even understand, even you realize it exists. Right? The only reason Bitcoin still exists and has the security that it does is because no one gave a shit about it for so long. Yeah, now it's unfucking stoppable. You can't change the ledger based on proof of work today. And it never happened before because no one cared before. And there's a slow transition to where like the computational power to do it as people cared yeah. got too big. And that value was the direct response, right? As people cared, the value grew, which then made it more and more and more economically infeasible to, to overthrow it. Satoshi was a fucking genius. So this is what I'm this is what I'm like digesting in my mind. It's like the smart people tiptoe around until they build enough of something that has enough critical mass that everybody follows and maybe they trick enough people into using it until it becomes too that, bad. I don't know. That's what I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not it's not that you trick people. It's just that you have to introduce things that change behaviors. And that's right. what it is. You need to give somebody yeah. a reason to use it. And that's so I was talking about this too, right? Like uh these these things that we're talking about um, is usually like in the process of trying to change the power dynamic and minimize that gap between uh, those that have incredible influence and those that don't. Uh, it's probably going to be adopted by those who need it first on a wide scale, which is not people like us. Like exactly. it's gonna it's gonna be people who are in poverty stricken scenarios or tyrannical governments or places where they need to be pulled out. Because they're in situations where the system is like they're losers in the system they exist in. And when you present them with something that they can exit the system and then mm -hmm. not become losers and provide for themselves and their families, they're going to use it. Look, and I would argue that's a, that's, a deep, yeah. that's a deep thread, though. I like to step in here. That's a really deep thread that you're pulling on. So I'm going to yank on that deep thread. Uh, there's a lot of cultures that exist on this planet. 
and we specifically just talk from our lens. But there's mm-hmm. going to be cultures that exist that are a lot more holistic and a lot more communal than ours and not so capitalistic and not so greed based. Right. One of the That's things socialism. about like, sorry, I'm bad. So I apologize. I apologize. I've just, just been hearing a lot of that. I felt like I'd shit. jump in. I'm trying to go deep here, Corey. I apologize. I'm so used to going shallow. I'm so used to going shallow. But there's a lot of cultures that are more communal and a lot more. They're just more communal. Right. Like mm-hmm. one of the things I have, I have like Koreans, I have a, I have a native American friend. I like saying stuff like that. Cause people are usually like, Hey, D's my black friend, but I have a native American friend. <laughs> and, and one of the things he says he can never, ever, ever understand about American culture is why we think we can own the planet. He's like, I don't think, I don't understand why you guys think you can own land or own nature. That's just weird to me. I'm like, what do you mean? That's land over there, and uh, and 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 we own it. It's ours because we say so. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of stupid. This is a whole planet. I really just don't get it. I'm not, I don't think I'm ever ever gonna get it, right? And because there's always those disjoints in culture, you, so there's gonna be a country that both rate rises in economic value on the global scale, but can leverage the benefits of blockchain because they don't necessarily have the same culture that we do. Or the same value structures that we do. They don't under. They're like, yeah. Why would we need a whole government to run financial transactions? That's fucking stupid. Like we're all using the same money juice. Like let's just fucking use it. What right? if I like, told you? Gonna- what if I told you, D, that the only reason that he can view the world through that lens of land is everyone's, basically, land is owned by all humans, and he can't step into the lens of that land is mine because I purchased it and I have a contract that says this is mine. It, it can, it can, it, I want to say you can reduce that to like something that like, there's something called Sapir-Whorfian hypothesis, right? Where it's kind of like, um, you can see the world through as many different lenses as you have the knowledge to see the world. So in terms of like, let's say like Sapir-Whorfian is more like linguistic, uh, linguistics. Um, so it's like, if you see, uh, we can talk about shades of pink, whereas some cultures cannot, they can't see pink. They don't see, they see, they see black and white. They don't see any other colors other than black and white. But, you know, in our culture, right. In our American culture, we have different words to describe a continuity of different colors and shades. So I don't know if it's reductionist to say, that he can't understand monetization of land because in modern society, greed helps us adopt easily symbolic exchange of value for time. And they don't have Mm -hmm. that because they share everything. And it's not communist or it's not socialist in that way, Corey. It's literally... They just don't have enough. Yeah, no, no, I I know what you, I I know. I'm just like, it's just because they, they live simply. Does that make sense? And we, 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 we don't, we don't live simply. Yeah. You're saying that, that like the, the consequences of these things we're talking about is because of these like low level societal ideas and the language we use to, to form them. If we knew less, we might be able to live more simply. Well, yeah, if you're dumb. (laughs) <laughs> then question doesn't make sense. No, I mean like no, that that, that wasn't well, calling Native American dumb. I'm saying like like it that's like it's a, 
the, the concept is if you're ignorant a bunch of bunch of things, then you don't stand up, you don't understand a bunch of things and you think simply. Well, yeah. You don't have you don't have the the skills, the tools, the 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 ability to form ideas because you lack the things that form those things. What what no, no but here here this is what I'm saying. That not simply as in dumb. Well, yeah, I'm gonna make a new I, word. Yeah, I'm gonna do what D does. Word. I'm gonna I'm gonna use dumbly, right? Dumbly. Simply does not mean dumbly, right? It means what you need to survive, right? You have shelter over your head, you have food in your stomach, and you have somebody to love, right? If your language doesn't have the faculties to build complex ideas, you won't build complex things. I would counter that and say that they have a complex way of thinking about things, but it doesn't involve trying to control people, which is, I, I believe, what this whole thing started with. Like, the when you have smart people trying to push their own ideologies because they think it's best for humanity, you end up with these complicated as fuck systems that kind of redistribute value in a way that naturally in a natural system, there is always going to be value flowing to a small group of people. Like you're never going to, you're never going to give everybody equal power, equal value in anything. Equal. I just no, think equal. No, I just never. think smart people kind of screwed things because well, I, they, well, I like what you say, but I like what I like what you're saying here. And I agree that like in a bubble where these things can evolve, then like, you, can, you can appreciate, you can appreciate kind of the subtlety and nuance and differentiation that people like how people view the world and how that changes the way they interact with each other. But, and, and then like, and, and the associated power dynamics inside that because of those things, but we don't live in a vacuum and because of that, what are you doing, D? He's washing dishes. I know you can hear that. <laughs> I was actually washing dishes. Fuck? Stop <laughs> washing dishes. Sit down. To, what the I'm fuck not, are you doing? I'm not used to roaming around while I was... Sit the fuck down and be a part of this podcast. I was listening in a bedroom. <laughs> washing dishes. <laughs> That's productive, Sorry. D. Anyway, uh, but like, Good job, be, be, because of that lack of isolation, the, like, the things that build these overwhelming like power dynamics take over those people that you know christopher columbus came over and decimated the indian population <laughs> and there's nothing they could do about it because they didn't they, they lacked the ability to comprehend what was happening mm. what if and, i told you that that's uh, going to happen in money too right so like this yeah. is something i was talking about uh earlier as well we had, I had a long conversation about this kind of stuff earlier in the morning and it's like, That's good. Uh, These are like good I'm, meta. I'm drastically, I'm drastic, I'm severely interested in this concept of community money and and, and the power dynamics within within any any individual community and trying You're to build about circles. No, no, I don't. <laughs> circles was uh was, it's a fun project, but they did it terribly. Uh, <laughs> Damn. But like, Damn. Go, sorry, continue. Okay, I just. Uh, but like community pause. money and then enabling it in such a way that they get to build their money the way they want it. And then, yeah. and then the associated power gets to like the power dynamics and how value flows within that community is exactly the way they want it to be, as opposed to like trying to retrofit this one thing onto every single culture. I agree with that. But what's an ep- like you can do that, and I think that's what blockchains are trying to do is have experiments and what it looks like to make communities have different value flow dynamics within them. But eventually, because mm-hmm. we're humans. These circles are going to overlap and value is going to be removed from one and moved to the other. And as that yeah, interconnected 100%. infrastructure gets built, yeah. 
Yep. You're going to see a lot of like losers enter the system yeah. because one thing yeah. has overwhelming power against the others and there's nothing those people can do about it. And so that's what we really have to focus on as this stuff grows is that we can build a bunch of cool communities that like thrive and prosper in their own thing. But the moment we build a bridge to them with a large, much, much, much larger power pool, they may be decimated. We never exactly spot. I, I agree. It's like uh, it's like water adhesion. Somebody's gonna touch like this gigantic straw to all the little droplet communities, and it's just gonna go. And it's gonna suck everybody <laughs> up. <laughs> Thank you for your money. I appreciate it. Yeah, pretty much. But like, was like I think thanks, that's what thanks people for experimenting. I'm trying to build a language and a framework for people to 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 see this happening and to talk about it and to think about it as it's happening because like we have this weird cool place in history where we're kind of trying to reinvent this stuff again and there's and there's like people have been trying to reinvent it for years but there's actual movement associated with it there's yeah. a chance that See, it actually I, keeps going i like thinking about the beautiful shit like that because the internet has brought about the transfer of information at the drop of a dime, but it hasn't brought about the transfer of value. And once you have both of those things, then you can actually start to build communities. There's no community to the internet right now. Mm -mm. Like well, it's, it's, anything, it's, it, it's fake. It's manipulated. It's fake. There's, there's no, yeah, there's no community to the internet. If there was community to the internet right now, then I would feel really chill about just putting my name, my address and all my stuff out there. Cause I know there would be a community to protect me. I know I'd had neighbors that love me. I know I would have these things in a community, but if I put that shit on the internet right now, I'm getting fucking hacked. I might get fucking destroyed somehow. Like they'll hack into my life and just, there's no community. Well, on that's, the internet, that's, right? let's Once talk about why D that hold up, man. I'm trying to go deep Corey. <laughs> so I'm excited. Go ahead. All right. So, once you start having value transfer on the internet and you have these communities that protect each other because there's real value involved in being engaged with that community, then you've got a whole different new society that has never existed like it's ever existed on the planet before. And that's kind of like what this stuff can bring into can bring into the world. So go, Corey. All right. Now Yeah, I I agree. But like Let's talk about why the internet became that. Because when it was started, it wasn't that. It was a bunch of isolated communities who really cared about each other, and like got to got to like experience the fact like, oh, there's someone like me in the in the world. And you have a semblance of that in today's internet. But as we've built out the tubes that connect all these communities, aka social media, it got real the fake. Social media fucked everything. It got real fake real quick. And then the concept of not of believing that the person you were talking to was a real person became muddy. And then the concept of thinking about the information you got from some source became muddy. And now it's very difficult to, like, to discern what's real and what's not because it, it, it's all, it's like there's so much fake. Like the power, the overwhelming power of the technology allows people to just turn everything into fake. If they what if to. I told you, what if I told you that the project, like the company that you work for, Status is a very uh admirable it's 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 got the it's the medium that will interconnect all the bubbles in a way that doesn't suck value hopefully you guys won't design it in a way that I, sucks I value from everything so. right but i feel like communicate like authenticity right which is how you build communities is basically communication times time and yeah. i i think you can't fake 
being genuine over time. Maybe you can. No, but, but you can like, overwhelm it. Can you? Give me an example. Social media? No, but like I don't know about you, but like I don't I don't think Kim Kardashian's my friend just because ah, her face is plastered everywhere. Got one okay. for you. Uh there is a current trend in YouTube okay. of um production companies seeking the ability to fake authenticity because that's what's real. And so you can manufacture authenticity in the concept of building YouTube videos. And there are a lot of there are a lot of channels out there that are fake authentic in order to push a certain type of uh, product narrative, whatever. But but how long have they existed? That's relatively new because the ability to fake these things is relatively new. So let's see how long they last and then and then you tell me if that experiment worked. Oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. That, that, but it's like, and this is my problem is that this is where this is where the internet of money makes a huge difference in the internet is because if it's cheap to to create an identity and then build yeah. a reputation behind it, karma yeah. is free. It's it's easily given and the dynamics in which it can be distributed are arbitrary. So like your internet points and your reputation is kind of made up. There's no value behind it because you can't take it elsewhere and use it. Mm -hmm. It's It's isolated into the community and the community rules dictate where it is and more often than not it's it's stupid like internet but again, points going, don't mean anything going back to the native american thing why do you need your, your why do you why do you need your community points to transfer outside of the community why do you need to keep pushing this idea of scalability because in the world where everything is going to be connected you're gonna need real value behind the things that are done it's much more easy to face authenticity and real human dynamics because like you have a limited amount of attention and resources to do things in the world, to make a change in the world. And how you use those things, if you can map the digital value to your human potential, if I can do real human work in communities and gain real value for those things, and that can be transferred across the globe, then I'm limited in my, in my ability to do real human things in whatever communities that I can do them in. If I can manufacture that stuff and automate it and use technology to leverage that type of stuff, then I'm no longer confined to my human ability to do so. So this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. The human element fucking things up. The technology hmm. allows you to speak to a small community, but also allows you to leverage your quote unquote authenticity to a global audience. I'm saying fight your humanity. Don't be that person. Don't scale your authenticity. It doesn't need to scale. But because because people can't fight, like the, the hardware of the brain hasn't changed in the last thousand years, hasn't changed in the past 10 years, won't change in the next thousand years. People need to be able to like understand you don't need to scale. Like you don't need to scale everything. Like I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to tell you, but you don't have to reach a thousand or like you don't have to reach a billion people just because you can just because you feel like your message needs to be heard by a billion people just because you have the technology means to do so. I agree with that. But I also like the concept of uh, <laughs> like what I say, I don't know. What do you mean by scale? Like your, your ability to reach more people than you need to. I'm talking about for for what what why do you why do you feel let, let let's say you you wanted to 
give me give me a message give me a message that that you think that this community you want to share with this community this tvp community a message that i want to share with the tpp community yes yeah just blockchains just the cool. tvp community not the crypto <laughs> community yeah no I, yeah blockchains okay, are cool so. and i'm pretty good at talking about them so you should might want to listen to us <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but what, what? Why are you saying that? Like, what is the incentive for you to say that? Because I like we built a community because we like talking about these things, and apparently, some people like listening to us. It was a natural. It was just natural. We wanted to build something where we talked to people about this stuff, and then it naturally grew to other people who liked what we had to say, and then wanted to have similar yeah. conversations. I agree. So there's yeah, authenticity right. there. So, but why do we have to scale it to a billion people? We don't. I have no desire. I have no need. Right. That's that's people. that's the mentality that I'm saying people need to accept and go with. They they don't need to scale like Facebook's Libra. We need to have a Libra oh, token. I see. And we need to spread it to all the countries because we have a two billion people strong network. Why not? Scalability technology, blockchain, right? It's not necessary. Well, I agree with that. And what you're saying, that's what you're talking about is I in my opinion, like that traditional power dynamic of very few having overwhelming power over, over the majority, leveraging the technology for trying to manifest that purpose again, like bet more. They're trying to use newer technology to further their leverage. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we need to be cognizant of that as we build this stuff. So we try and not do that. I think in the next coming years, we're going to have this idea of like ethical business it's going to become like I mean, ethical and transparent business the thing that's now. becoming yeah yeah but Just like not it's going to be strong <laughs> like alicia alicia mm. was talking about it. so when you brought up the the youtube uh company that does authenticity right authenticity channels to push a message alicia was saying last three years have been called out by the community so i'm assuming that what she means by that is it was immediately picked up on and their authenticity was you know revealed as fake well guess what was, they learned from it and got better I, 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 yeah, it could, they could have, right? Social, social engineering has always been an attack vector for every system. So, I mean, long term, though, again, authenticity is time times communication. So, if they can keep that up for thousands of years, you know, good on them. Authenticity. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. I was only waiting for it. I said it so many times. See, it's just been like, I need my chance to say it. I, yeah, I, I know. Was just waiting. I was like, take I a forgot. Breath. Take a breath. That's a uh, look. Speaking of authenticity, it's a segue. We're segueing into the segment, right? It's an hour so far. We're an hour in. So that's cool. They got time. You only doing just, shit. Just give me your reference. I don't care. We can keep going. I got to take care of my baby yeah. at some point. So. <laughs> yeah. So, are you talking about Aaron, or are you talking about your kid? Both. Nice. This man always has the right answers. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're, we're this uh, this segment is called "What the Hatters," right? I know. Oh yeah. You guys are super, super, super. I like guys. Oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah, we're doing segments now. <laughs> I think we, actually, I think we already yeah, we talked about those things, by the way. Yeah, yeah we did. Uh, yeah, so you know, if you're new to the show, then this is just new to you. So just soak this glorious shit in. But if you've been listening to the podcast network for a while, you know we had all these shows, and now we've distilled it down to just the one show. We took all the content from that show, kind of randomly, not randomly. Well, well, to you it's random, but to us it's planned, right? You're just a consumer, you fucking consumer, but. 
like we're gonna take them into segments and what the headers was one of the shows where we uh would gather articles and jesse and i would power through some of the shittiest articles that crypto had to offer in order to just keep you informed on the general talking i don't know the general headlines of the crypto space because every space has headlines and crypto is no different uh so we turn that into a segment this is what the headers i have a headline how about this? You guys ready for this? You guys, you fucking pumped? <laughs> Damn, right. it's rock and roll. Pumped. So pumped. This is from a website called Finance and Bold, which I didn't even know existed until I did some Googling. But it's saying to me that 73% of millennials invested or plan to invest in cryptocurrency, a survey reveals. That's a pretty big number, right? This survey was carried out by the DeVere Group, which is apparently a group that does financial what's the analysis. what's the minimum age of millennials at this point uh i think the age groups are 1980 to 2000 hold up now let's look let's go that's googleable no i think i'm i think i'm on the I'm trying to remember i think i'm on the tail end let's i'm see on the front here. end let's <laughs> i think it might be like 24 24 let's 25 Millennials are ages 23 to 38. Mm, 23. All right. So I think it's really cool that 23-year-olds are actively thinking about investment or have plans for investment because I wasn't thinking about that at 23 whatsoever. I actually was, man, but I had a fortunate I had plans. when I was a kid. We had, I, we had, I, got, uh, I, had, I guess I, I took that back. I had plans, but there was no way in which I could realize those things. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We, we, played, the, we played the rat race, D. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we did we played the shit out of that, that was uh, we were some pretty that was a lame undergrad moment for us was playing reading rich dad poor dad and playing rat race drunk like that was intense <laughs> let's get drunk and play a game about investing hell yeah like that was <laughs> that's so weird to think about but anyways uh yeah, millennials 23 to 38 and, and as you guys all know or maybe you don't because you don't read and you know you're not cultured but the millennials are the largest group in the u.s right now i think millennials are the largest group planet wide right now um that age group so if that many people are invested and plan to invest um what do you guys think about this article? should i keep reading the article like yep. you Jesse, word for word surface level i worry yeah, I that the term is cryptocurrency because i oh. think 60 to 7 percent of the millennial population has no clue what like the yeah. proper the proper way to go about thinking about cryptocurrency and and I, I worry about them becoming degenerates because it's so easy to do so in this space because they don't have quality mm -hmm. information on how to like properly invest in things how to secure their money how to not gamble it away immediately in various <laughs> shitty projects <laughs> Can confirm that I've done that. <laughs> we know because we've all done it. Like, <laughs> dude, when Bitcoin first started, up, Corey, when you first got me into it, I found this website where you could send Bitcoin to it, and it would send back your winnings or your losses. Mm. It was mm. literally that easy, bro. And I was doing it all day while trying to teach kids how to be good at life. I was fucking gambling with my phone, like just tapping it. It was like. 
this is great. And then sometimes I would win. Like, I remember the most I won was half a Bitcoin, which thinking about that now is fucking insane because that's a lot of money now. But I was just like, tap. And then um, after one confirmation, you would get sent another back, which was how much money you won or how much money you lost. And that's it. And it was that easy. It was just like tap, tap. And that was now that was gross. But anyways, let me keep reading the article. Uh, the survey carried out by Devere Group, one of the largest uh, independent financial advisory organizations, finds that, and this is organization spelled with an S, so these are some British people, uh, finds that 73% of poll participants are now already invested in or will make investments in digital currencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP, everyone's favorite shitty crypto, before the end of 2022. <laughs> As per the reports here, dude. Every, you know how many times a month I hear, hey, man, what's with this, this XRP thing? Like, it's really cheap, right? Like, I should buy some? And I'm like, oh. Someone asked me the other day, he's like, I can't afford the big boys, so I'm looking at these cheap ones. And I was like, you don't have to buy a whole one, man. Stop. Don't do it. They have this, <laughs> no one's ever, ever going to understand that. They're just like, but I can't buy, They're not I like can't stocks. buy a fraction of a Toyota, so how can I buy a fraction of a Bitcoin? I'm just like, you're not all up there in the head. The findings come. Oh no! It's like Bitcoin. it's this is a, it's a new, kind of a new thing, and it up until recently you couldn't buy a partial a part of a stock. And people view these things, people view investments in general, their framework, their archetype for viewing these things is typically stocks. I'm yeah, hoping yeah, that true. that transitions over time, so that and, and it is because you can it now will. buy partial stocks, but like that's that's just a part of like investment education. And how people view these things, because traditionally, when you think about finance and investment, and especially like advanced finance and all these things, it's 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 like overtly complicated, and that goes back to the architecture. We're not making it easy, people, to understand how the stuff works, or why it works, or what the what the value proposition is. It's like here, buy quote unquote yeah. some of this stuff, and it'll make you money, and that's fucking stupid. Yeah. There's more article here. Here's right. the findings come. As the price of Bitcoin rallied to $18,000, inching to the 19,763 all-time high reached in December 2017, the surge took the leading cryptocurrency's total market capitalization, uh, once again spelled with an S and not a Z, uh, to over $336 billion, more than its $335 billion previous record, uh, according to CoinMarketCap.com. Right. So uh, obviously, you know, articles like this start to creep out into the ether when the price is going up and up and up and up like it has been this year. Um, you know, if you're listening right now and you've been listening a while and you've been telling all your friends and family like, hey, you guys should buy Bitcoin and they didn't. And now they're looking at you and they're like, oh, like what? Are I, I should buy it right now. Right. Because the price is super duper high. Right. You, you should know. You should say, no, you're stupid. You should have listened to me way back when. <laughs> You should have listened to me way back when, when I was telling you to buy it. And you were saying, oh, I'm going to wait till it goes down. And it didn't. I told you it wouldn't, but it did. Didn't. So, I mean, it did. Anyways. It did for a little bit, right? It corrects. Say, not not investment asks, advice. Yeah. yeah, hashtag not investment advice. But you say, no, you don't buy it right now, you dumb shit. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You can always quality, quality COVID Thanksgiving conversations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so here's more. High net worth respondents have their say on crypto. The 700 plus respondents are clients who currently reside in the US, the UK, Asia, Africa, the Middle East, East Asia, Australasia. Australasia? That's a thing? Hmm. 
Australia. I feel like that's a, that like I like that's a misprint. <laughs> that Maybe, that's, Maybe that's how uncultured I am, but I feel like that's a typo. I feel like uncultured swine right now. Like I should link this to you guys. Australasia. That's not going I guess it's like Australia and Asia put together. Like, like that whole that area. I don't get it. I'm linking it. Might it. Be. You can read it if you want. Australasia and Latin America. High net worth is classified in this context as having more than one million pound or the equivalent in investable assets. Of the survey, Devere Group CEO founder Nigel Green, who launched the pioneering Devere crypto app in 2018. Oh, there it is. There's the sale, baby. Noted that the price of Bitcoin is up 125% year to date, making it once again one of the best performing assets of the year. Uh, he expressed this. As the survey shows, this impressive performance is drawing the attention of wealthy investors who increasingly understand that digital currencies are the future of money. And they don't want to be left in the past. The same poll undertaken last year found that 68% of high net worth individuals are now already invested in or will make investments in digital currencies before the end of 2022, meaning there has been a jump of 5% year over year. Uh, so, you know, this article goes on to say that you um, should buy Bitcoin. No, or people in dollar cost uh, averaging. Yeah, yeah. So hashtag not investment advice, dollar cost average, you can't go wrong. If you're like, what is dollar cost averaging? Well, let me tell you something. That answer can be found on Google. So do that. <laughs> also, <laughs> don't ever, like once again, I think this is the bears repeating always, don't invest what you can't lose. Investments yeah. are not are not throwing the money you need to live away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or mortgage, and I think that's right important, right? And go that's wild. important, right? I don't like. Sure, if you have the money to invest in crypto, you should. If you have extraneous money, like if you have an investment portfolio, which is a small percentage of the world, you should probably put some of that in crypto, in some way, shape, or form. Most people don't, and that the power of crypto is not for people to throw a small percentage of their investment portfolio into crypto. It's it's for helping the people who don't have investment portfolios lives better lives. And like, I don't want to lose track of that. Mm -hmm. Like cool, high, high, high net worth millennials are, are buying crypto. No shit. But who cares? That's my, that's uh, my, that's my take on the article. Okay. What's your take on the article, Jesse? Because according to a fuck. Yeah, it's kind of the same. All right, cool. Well, I'll find better articles then. Fuck you guys. What do you got? <laughs> I don't know if there are better articles, D. That's the... <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was gonna talk about Facebook. Uh, I mean, not Facebook, but indirectly Facebook and their Libra Association, and specifically Luca, which is, I guess, uh, is it like the some some payment? Maybe it's the payments arm. Who knows? I think DM is the association now, and then. They renamed the wallet to something else. Um, but long story short, S&P 500 is going to be releasing a new crypto index, which is going to be um, it's going to be based on data from Luca. So it's going to be Facebook. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's Facebook owned, I guess, at this point. Um, but yeah, crypto is coming mainstream. So you didn't read the article at all. 
I okay here. I'll give you the article. So S and P Dow Jones indices, <laughs> a subsidiary of. I'm trying to save everybody. You know the wordy spiel about what's going on. All right. So S and P Dow Jones indices, a subsidiary of financial data provider S and P Global Incorporated, has become the latest mainstream financial company to join the growing crypto bandwagon, as they announced that they would be listing two cryptocurrency indices by 2021. The listed crypto indices or in, uh, indexes would make use of uh, data from a New York-based virtual currency company, Luca. A joint statement released by S&P, DJI, and Luca revealed that clients of the financial firm would work with them to create customized indices and benchmarking tools for cryptocurrencies. The interest of S&P, uh, DJI, and digital assets is an indication that cryptocurrencies are going mainstream. The indices would make it easier for investors to access digital assets. With such large players getting involved in the nascent technology, the time has come for cryptocurrencies to compete with mainstream assets. Peter, I don't Roth. know if anyone else feels this way, but as you read that, I check the fuck out. Yeah, not I mean, listening just, to a word you say right it's now. It's like it's like this. It's like this. You lick your <laughs> finger and you go, ah, yeah, it's going that way. All right. No, I mean, it's like the concept of reading an article out loud makes me not listen. Just the just the act well, of it. Because you, you guys could, don't. I, I I feel that. No, I, I I feel that too. Like D, when you're reading, you don't it, read good. Oh, I read no, good. I, I read extra I, good. I, I should, yeah. I read so good it hurts. How well, good then, do you? How, how good fast do you read, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Is this going right, to be another so another type off? Obviously, <laughs> we are working out the kinks in this segment. Maybe we'll just read the headline. I don't. Yeah, read off. the headline. Maybe yeah. some uh, some overall like uh, reasonable statements <laughs> or or quote or potent quotables within the article. But word by word, yeah. n- no, not going to cut it. You got it. No, look, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting the power gotta, on this one. Fighting it. <laughs> You've got to use your news like according to Mr. Green, but <laughs> I, I mean, if you if you become a personality in the pro- in the process of reading it, then I might be in for that because that's funny. <laughs> that's right, how we that's got by before. Do. You used to do yeah, all sorts is. of funny accents. Okay, I maybe maybe we'll start working so on that boring. next next time next segment. You got to come with an, an article and an accent. Oof. All right. I, I just like my newscaster voice. Mm. <laughs> All right. Let's let's wrap this up. My dogs are going nuts okay. and I cannot keep them under control. Yeah, and I got to go get to some deep work. So, uh, if you guys like this uh, like this show, you know, you can you can subscribe to it in your app. I don't know what app you use because it's hey everybody, not easy like, subscribe, share with your friends. <laughs> ding the bell. Hey guys. <laughs> Ding the bell, you know, like, subscribe. I don't know why you don't use that voice because it's one of your funniest voices. I don't know why you should always be the one. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. That's the standard issue YouTube voice right there. Hey, guys. Thanks for paying attention today. Go ahead and like, subscribe. And no, I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately. They do this thing where they're like, hey, according to our stats, only uh, 30% of you guys are followers or subscribers. So, you know, it means there's a lot of you guys out there that aren't dinging the bell. So, like, subscribe or whatever, you know. This is really authentic, even though it isn't. Uh, and then, anyway, yeah, we're not, we're, I'm authentically asking you to keep liking our shit every week, right? Because at the end of the day, that makes me feel better. I mean, right? it, I think it's, I think it comes down to this in terms of uh, cultivating an audience. Yeah. What's up? And like a community, it's, yeah, listen if you want to. You know how to listen to podcasts. Do that. If you would like to participate, join the Slack. That's pretty much, or, or become a patron. 
Oh, yeah. That's, you should probably do both. Idea. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> listen however you want to listen. We don't care because, like, we're, we're going to keep doing this whether you listen or not. If you'd like to join, we'd love that. <laughs> yeah, join the, join the Slack. Get on up in here. Uh, what's up, Jesse? What's your yeah, name? I was just laughing. I'm like, in my mind, it's going to, like, it's going to be the five of us or, like, Andy, too. And, like, just, just like, everybody, like, the core people, it's going to be reduced to, like, 30 people after crypto like just say just imagine crypto tanks everybody oh, that's just left yeah. it's just the 30 just of us us chatting in a dark room yeah, yeah. isn't crypto cool guys yeah yeah it's still cool. <laughs> i guess uh, all right let's rock and roll right, yeah. All right. oh yeah yeah so we're, we're still going join the slack go to the bitcoin podcast.com push the button that says slack follow the directions if you can't follow those directions you don't need to be hanging out with us because we don't hang out with the likes of you right <laughs> you can follow the easy directions and then you're going to get hit with a prompt that's like hey if you join the slack don't be a bitch and don't be a asshole right be a legit person that can talk and like you know add to the to the general value of the discourse don't be a fucking twat all right and then so join the slack uh hard set rules go to the list you know, the hard ass rules and then go to bitcoinpodcast.com or the bitcoinpodcast.network, which might not work, but anyways, go to bitcoinpodcast.com. You'll find it. Uh, what else do we do? What, what else is going on out there? Um, Corey, Daniel, Corey Daniel's Cheeto stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, we've got visual confirmation that the Cheetos have been purchased. So if you are a patron, on Patreon, on Patreon.com, and you are a member of the tier that receives Flaming Hot Cheetos, a family-sized bag, then you will be receiving your Cheetos very soon. I don't think uh, the now, con- visual confirmation was family size. It was party size. size? Party size. Party size. Ooh, yep. shit, that's even Parties bigger are bigger than probably. families, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you know what? You damn right. So you got you got enough Cheetos to last you a while. In fact, you should have a party with your party Cheetos. But be safe, right? Social distance and all that. <laughs> uh so yeah, you know, we're trying to do things with this show. Uh, you know, so go be a patron. You know, you give us a buck, you'll get some stickers and stuff. You give us three bucks a month, uh, you'll get some other stuff, five bucks a month. Uh, I will personally fly out and hug you and then fly <laughs> back to where I live. I'm not going to say do those that. words. That'd be weird. I know. It's weird. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I don't even know what you think. I That's like a threat now. But I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to bring COVID to your yeah. doorstep. <laughs> I'm going to touch you. Yeah. I'm going to touch you, and you're not going to like it. That's it's right. because of disease <laughs> and nothing sexual. <laughs> no, they're going to like it because they signed up for it, right? They signed up for the, the hug. All right, whatever you say, man. I'm not gonna do that. I don't want to hug any of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway, God, this is going terribly. Become a patron. Become a patron. We'd enjoy it. Um, also, we have a merch store at uh, store.thebitcoinpodcast.com. You can get underwear there. I don't know why I always lead with you that. Go straight you can to get underwear. pillows. You can get pillows, you can get jeans, you can get shirts, I'm sure. Maybe you can't get jeans, but there's I'm There's sure beanbags and beanbag covers there. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. understand the beanbag covers. I've think, never I think understood one that. person bought one because they thought it was funny. 
How do you not understand it, Jesse? You never looked at your beanbag and said, I would like to cover that up. I'm nope. usually dirty, and I want to keep this beanbag clean sometimes, so I'm going to buy a cover for it. <laughs> I would like to cover up that beanbag. That's, that's what it, I got dogs. Anyway. I can understand covering things up. I got dogs. They get hair everywhere. I'm going to clean it sometimes. And, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to keep adding merch there. And if you follow us on the Twitters at the BTC podcast, then you might see when that new merch drops and you can buy some of it. And then your friends are going to be like, yo, where'd you get that shirt? You could be like, let me tell you something. I got it here. And that's when you tell them you got it from us. Wait, right? the merch shop. Can I ask you, do we have uh, like a onesie, like a TBP onesie? Like a, like a human mm. adult size onesie? Yeah, like a human adult size onesie. If we do, I'm buying one myself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Daniel, get you on know- that now. <laughs> with with well, fuzzy guys, slippers. With oh, fuzzy wait, slippers. Like full on, full on, full just, on onesie for adults. Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you guys qualifying human adult size? Like you can just say adult size. Nah, You're right. It's not like we're going to put on the dogs, put on your children. <laughs> I mean, if you can find dog onesies, I'm down for those too. But like, I don't <laughs> think our supplier has those. I'm looking for a onesie for a bird. I'm looking for an, a- I'm looking for an avion onesie, please. Extra large avion onesie. Parakeet Jesus. size. Jesus. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, go to the shop. That's it. That's all I got. Shout out to uh, Zoe Saldana. Uh, shout out to Georgia Curtis. Shout out to Zati Beats and uh, Michelle Obama, of course. Uh, you got anything, Jesse? You got any shout outs? No, no. Uh, oh, I'd have to also a shout out to Joshua Sharon, who posed a great question uh, that I, I was supposed to ask on the show and I completely forgot. So, Josh, I'll get you on to come around, my man. Uh, what a fail. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Uh, Play the outro.